Hello and welcome to Best Comics Ever. I'm your host, Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Best Comics Ever is a podcast where I look at the best comics I have read in the previous month and rank them on the best comics of all time list, and then once a month go through the Marvel Unlimited new complete stories added. This week's episode will be a Marvel Unlimited review where I look at all of the newest and fully formed story arcs that have been added to the Marvel Unlimited library. Again, if you're a Marvel Comics fan or a newcomer, Marvel Unlimited is a service that they offer that allows you access to a library of tens of thousands of Marvel comics from their origins to today. Uh, They're on about a six-month backlog, meaning that a comic released in print six months ago will be added to the library today. So those are the ones that, as these stories get added, I recap once they've reached a full story arc. Today, I'll be looking at stories from the week of January 21st through February 11th. This is going to include, in order that I enjoyed them, looks at The Punisher, a story titled World War Frank, The Hunt for Wolverine, Weapon Lost, Domino, five-issue miniseries, Spider-Gwen's final five issues, Old Man Logan, Fighting Craven, The Hunter, and Bullseye, and then finally Infinity Countdown, a semi-event, semi-part of a trilogy that uh, requires some explanation, I believe. So without further ado, the first series that I've talked about a little bit on the pod in the past is The Punisher Run, written by Matthew Rosenberg. The latest story arc in this collection is Punisher issues number 224 to number 228. Recently in Punisher stories, he has, Frank Castle, that is, has acquired the War Machine armor at the behest of Colonel Nick Fury. And basically, he is now back in America and doing Punisher things, but with War Machine armor. So the question essentially becomes, can Marvel's heroes allow this to continue happening? You have a murderous vigilante now with the weaponry of formerly James Rhodes and, of course, designed by Tony Stark. So it's a it's a big, explosive dive into all of Marvel heroes versus the Punisher. And honestly, there's some really fun moments. You get uh, Rosenberg sort of resurrecting his his um, team up of Hawkeye, Winter Soldier, and Black Widow as sort of the Black Ops unit of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, he, of course, wrote those characters really, really well in a series that I am sort of blanking on the name of right now, embarrassingly. I want to say Tales of Suspense. It was one of those old Marvel names old Marvel title names that they resurrected for a five-issue mini, which basically detailed the the resurrection of Black Widow. And yes, I can confirm that was Tales of Suspense. So Rosenberg's uh, an up-and-coming writer on, in the Marvel bullpen. Of course, he's writing you know this Punisher run. He is the one who has taken over essentially the Uncanny X-Men relaunch following the 10-issue weekly series. Um, so they're, they're putting a lot of trust over there in the editorial office in Rosenberg. And for my money, he's earning it uh, quite a bit. I think this Punisher run is a lot of fun. I'm pretty tired of heroes fighting heroes. Uh, I got to say, Punisher and War Machine armor versus everyone, though, has some kind of easygoing, uh, just getting your kicks through some wild action appeal. I, I really like Castle's laconic 
um, sort of easy, just he's just got no time for these heroes' nonsense, his insults toward the Winter Soldier, and the way he really gets under Bucky's skin, uh, which is not something that a lot of heroes can necessarily do, is pretty fun to watch. And all in all, I it's not you know my favorite Punisher comics of all time by any measure, but I think they're pretty good. And I was pretty skeptical of putting Frank Castle in War Machine armor and, and actually coming up with a good story out of this deal. But the Punisher does it. I actually think some of the ways that were most surprising to me, aside from the action, is you have uh, Punisher not only going up against the heroes, but going up against some secret empire remnants. And for example, um, one of the one of the biggest villains in that series. So you get some uh, Rosenberg reflecting on the reveal in Secret Empire. And if you haven't read that 2017 event and don't want to know anything about it, then definitely definitely skip ahead a bit. But you know, Frank Castle joined up with Hydra, and this was for my money pretty inadequate, inadequately explained in that event comic. And you have people in the Marvel universe basically saying. That is not forgiven. Uh, and, and then you have Frank Castle simultaneously saying, you know, I'm going to get revenge on the people in Hydra who made me look bad. So I'm pretty interested and, and compelled to see where the rest of this is taken. Right now, this gets a recommend for me. Um, I think follow along with this Punisher run and and see where it's going. It's It's gotten better as it's gone, which is, I think, the best you can say for a slightly longer running arc. The next story on the list that I want to talk about is Hunt for Wolverine, Weapon Lost, which actually sort of leads up to uh, Daredevil number 606, oddly enough. Uh, the only connective tissue that you would expect there is that they're both written by Charles Soleil. So, uh, or Sol, I believe it's pronounced. Um, Sol has been writing Daredevil for a bit. Number 606, it follows up on, on Weapon Lost, which is a four-issue miniseries that is part of one of four Hunt for Wolverine, basically, uh, tie-ins that are going on. Now, I think there's a broader frustration with these Hunt for Wolverine series because they they sort of signify this endless return of Wolverine back from the Death Wolverine event that happened in 2014. And Marvel has, I would say, very, very badly executed the actual return of Wolverine. I won't go into everything that has happened because it is strangely a lot and it's a convoluted mess. Um, Matt Lane wrote a, a really awesome recap of this on Compa Carol called What's Up with Wolverine in 2019. But basically, Wolverine's resurrection was announced in the Marvel Legacy one-shot in 2017. And here we are recording this in February 2019. And he's still not, he basically may or may not have just come back. <laughs> so it, it took a real long time. These Hunt for Wolverine series, I think, in a lot of ways felt like stalling. So I was trying to look at it not as a a piece of any interesting Wolverine news, but so, but just a four-issue mini. And as a four-issue mini, it's actually pretty good noir. Uh, it's Daredevil-focused. He's the lead. And he's basically putting together a team to try to find what's up with with Wolverine. And the team he puts together is pretty out there, and honestly, they they are pretty instantly engaging. Um, Daredevil grabs Frank McGee, who is an Inhumans leftover from Soul's time on that title, and basically he's an ex-cop who can um, flash things pretty bright with his eyes, but that can mean 
photographic memory as well as literally just making things bright. Uh, McGee's actually pretty fun as a character. I liked him in that Inhumans run. He teams up here with Misty Knight, who we all probably know from Luke Cage on Netflix, and they also track down Cypher, the uh, new mutant, Doug's Ramsey, and Cypher's in a bit of a state. He has become fully addicted to the internet, and this is unique to Cypher and a slightly less ham-fisted metaphor than perhaps it otherwise would be because he Cypher's mutant power is the ability to decipher language, and he's trying to decipher the language of the internet and figure out what it all means and is basically finding this an impossible challenge and mm, kind of going crazy. So this team is built put together. I Again, I think the actual plot of what they're trying to do, finding Wolverine, is pretty uninteresting, but I like the style and the tone. Again, it's very noirish of the story, and I like the team dynamics. So if you're going to check out some Hunt for Wolverine, um, I would say if you're into Souls Daredevil, look at this one because it does play a role, again, into the most recently added issue, Daredevil number 606, where Daredevil uh, is, again, talking to the likes of Frank McGee and Cypher. Uh, Number 606 ends on a really weird cliffhanger that has some nice Silver Age Marvel connections that I won't spoil for you, but will say they're the types of things that we're going to be talking about on uh, the other podcast I do, My Marvelous Year, where we go through every single year of Marvel history. So some good 60s Marvel getting pulled in all these years later in Daredevil number 606. Before I get into the next issue, I'll just mention for those of you listening, Best Comics Ever is brought to you by support on patreon.com slash comicbookherald. Thanks to everyone on Patreon for making this podcast a possibility. I, in particular, want to thank Professor Pride for donating at the Mysterious Benefactor tier, as well as Jesse W. Thank you, Professor and Jesse, for making Comic Book Herald endeavors um, easier to do with your support and for making Best Comics Ever a reality. If you go on over to Patreon, you can check out either Comic Book Herald or My Marvelous Year for some of the tiers and bonuses that, uh, or for some of the bonuses and donation tiers that you can get out of out of as little as a dollar a month. So, the next stories on our list, we've got the final issues of Spider-Gwen by the creators, Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez. This has been a really cool design uh, character and series. Obviously, Spider-Gwen has never been more popular than she is right now in the wake of Into the Spider-Verse animated film. And, you know, coming out of that, they sort of rebranded her as Ghost Spider, which having enjoyed Spider-Gwen is, is a rebranding I'm not super into, but if it sticks, great. I, I think one thing I will say is definitely the comic is it's the right time to move to a new creative team and and to let Latour and Rodriguez sort of wrap things up, which they do here fairly effectively. I For my money, for a bit now, the plot and sort of the actual story components of this series have been secondary to the visual appeal of it. Um, nonetheless, Latour and Rodriguez have done a really good job creating characters that that inhabit this sort of alternate Marvel universe where, again, Gwen Stacy is Spider-Gwen. She, you know, sees Peter Parker's death, and it sort of prompts her to go on to become a Spider-Hero. You can get all this origin, of course, in the 2014 event Spider-Verse. Uh, but the series wraps up. It, it sort of puts a cap on who has been her arch nemesis through this time, which is actually the Matt Murdock of this universe, uh, speaking of Daredevil, you know, is basically the evil kingpin. And it, it 
puts a nice coda and touch on sort of everything that has happened with the Spider-Gwen family, such as the Mary Janes. So, I, you know, I think anytime you're getting the end of a 30-plus issue story arc or, or run, you know, it's it's for people who have been following along. Do not jump in here if you haven't. Uh, but it's pretty well executed, all things considered. I like it a lot more than I liked the Gwenum, a.k.a. Venom arc. Uh, so congrats to Latero and Origas on a really great, you know, overall achievement, I think, with Spider-Gwen. And again, if you've been following along with this series, definitely finish it and see it through to issue number 34. That takes me to a five-issue miniseries that was added to Marvel Unlimited uh, these recent weeks. It's Domino. Written by Gail Simone with art by David Baldion. Simone's a writer I like a lot. Her work on DC Secret Six are some of my favorite comics that I've been reading uh, somewhat recently, even though they came out a decade ago. And Domino here, it's it's light and it's enjoyable, but it's not substantive in the way that uh, you want it to be. Honestly, I don't think Simone is really capable of writing bad characters she's great at jokes there's some good deadpool interaction in here which gets her back to her early 2000s agent x writing um again she's a supremely capable writer and actually the series that domino probably reminds me the most of is another mini she wrote across the pond at dc doing a plastic man five issue series and it's the same kind of thing it's just it's you know fun character work if you're into those particular characters but it's very slight and by the numbers sort of superhero fare, where if you're looking at this mini saying, why would I throw some money at this? Well, again, unless you're a really big fan of those particular characters, there's not a lot there to say, well, this is why it's special. So Domino for me was kind of a miss. I was hoping for a little bit more. Um, but again, I'm not the world's biggest Domino fan. If you like the character a lot from her X-Force days on through today, this is an interesting idea, at least, with her, you know, sort of losing her luck powers and then having needing to find a way to, to get through the scenario. And it goes a lot into, I guess, what is her working origin, which is not something I was particularly familiar with. That'll take us straight into Old Man Logan, uh, issues number 41 to number 45. Ed Brisson's been writing Old Man Logan for a bit here, um, coming up on, you know, 10 to 15 issues. And this follows a, a couple issue story arc um, that kind of centered around the weird X-Men Robert Glob Herman that I quite like. He's formed sort of a, uh, a mentory mentor relationship with the old band Logan in the Marvel Universe. And Glob, if you don't know him, um, he's from the Grant Morrison era of writing new X-Men in the early 2000s. Glob is, he's like a big pink gelatin substance where you can see like his insides, like his bones and guts essentially, but he's got no exterior form. And long story short, those two issues are pretty interesting and pretty good. And, and the main reason I know of them and read them was because um, a patron requested a Glob Herman reading order on Comic Book Herald. So you've got that to look forward to, I think here towards the end of February, I have it scheduled. Um, but anyway, so I thought, well, I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing where this person run on Old Man Logan's going. I'm not an Old Man Logan follower at this point. Um, I think his he has vastly overstayed his welcome in the Marvel Universe since 2015, post-Secret Wars. Uh, I like the original Millar and Steve McNiven series. I, I think it's quite good. Um, definitely really enjoyed it, you know, when I read it initially. But to have the Old Man Logan character in the Marvel Universe for coming up on 50 issues is a real long time uh the the shtick wears thin you know just he is wolverine but not as cool 
isn't really a great hook. Um, so in this in these issues, you get him first. Craven the Hunter sets out to hunt and put him down because he is an inferior version of Wolverine, which I kind of appreciate the weird Craven logic there. Uh, these two issues are if you like Craven hunting old Wolverines in the Savage Land and you like seeing dinosaurs on paper. Uh, Francesco Mana does a nice job with the art there. I mean, hey, go for it. I was very, very bored by these comics. The next three issues I thought were significantly more interesting because they bring in Bullseye at his most psychotic. Uh, it's actually really deeply connected to recent sort of modern Bullseye continuity, um, some miniseries that have happened. Um, I believe the Columbian Connection is the most recent one, as well as the short-lived Kingpin uh, miniseries that came in the was it, it maybe right before Marvel Legacy era I think it was 2017 so anyway a lot of like daredevil villain continuity stuff sort of wrapped into this what is ultimately just bullseye being murderous and psychotic and old man Logan needing to put him down so I would say jump straight to those issues which I believe would be 43 44 45 um, if you're interested in checking out what's going on in this run I'm not super sold personally it was going to take a lot to get me there uh and again unless you're a big old man logan or bullseye fan i i think these are probably issues you can avoid speaking of avoid infinity countdown is the last item i have on the list this is the five issue ostensibly event that ran to through 2018 um the whole infinity event that marvel rolled out over the last like year and a half now is kind of weird and difficult to explain basically it's a trilogy that started with jerry dugan writing guardians of the galaxy so there's like a guardian setup i think it's issues um, i'm going off the top of my head but it's like 145 to like 149 i don't think it actually hit 150 for some weird reason um then it goes infinity countdown for five issues and yes there's tie-ins and then it's going to jump to infinity wars for five more issues to wrap up so infinity countdown is the middle of this event um it's like all set up so you've got jerry dugan writing mike diodato on art i think when you take the trilogy all together it is kind of interesting i think it's a spectacular failure honestly because it's it's the 2018 version of a avengers infinity war like tie-in comic at least aesthetically and in that regard i mean it's so overlooked and underdone and it's, you know, making Gamora um, a really, really big player in the comic version of events. And it's just, you know, it, the book is clearly trying to be something to connect with what happened in that film, but it doesn't really at all. Um, and it's it's kind of just a mess. So it's it's got some interesting cosmic stuff going on. You've got Loki playing a key role. You've got Adam Warlock. You've got Kang the Conqueror. So there's interesting stuff here that often is... is you know, Marvel cosmic fabric that I enjoy, as well as the Infinity Gems, and of course, the inevitability that that's going to bring Thanos into play. Um, for me, though, the event, it it wasn't one that I didn't want to read. I guess I should say that way. It I wanted to keep going and see what was going to happen. So I think that's to the creative team's credit. That said, I rarely found, it rarely paid off. I wanted to know how they were going to play out these events. I wanted to know how they were going to solve for X. And the answers I thought were always generally pretty disappointing. So it's a it's going to go down as a weird 
a, a real oddity, I think, in Marvel events. If you're interested in reading the whole thing in order and, and all the tie-ins that that entails, I recommend checking out uh, the Comic Book Herald Reading Order page. You can, of course, just search for Infinity Countdown Reading Order, or if you go to the Complete Marvel Reading Order, I've got the full list of events, and you can find uh, Guardians, Countdown, Wars, all listed in a row right there. So those are the new stories that I'll be that I've covered uh, in Marvel Unlimited. I've got let's see a handful through February coming up that I'm actually very excited about. Uh, the next couple weeks are going to be to see the release of Deadpool Assassin five issue uh, series, which was I believe written by Scotty Young. I'm excited to check that out, see if it's any good. We've also got the first six issues of Jason Aaron's time writing Avengers, which is I think has been a mixed bag and i think seems to be improving in more recent days it'll be interesting to talk about the first six issues uh especially because that lineup is going to be really important once april 2019's war of the realms rolls around and uh and sort of takes over the marvel universe so there you have it this has been best comics ever my comic book herald recap of all the new stories in marvel unlimited if you want to see them where they rank among all the comics that i read you can go to comicbookherald.com slash the best comics of all time with a hyphen in between each word. Thanks to our patrons and everybody supporting the site over on patreon.com slash comicbookherald. Again, ho- head over there to see how you can support comicbookherald endeavors for as little as $1 a month. Likewise, I would encourage you all to check out My Marvelous Year uh, in your podcast player of choice. It's a podcast I'm doing with Zach Dean where we cover every single chronological year of Marvel history from its origins to today, and then read along and talk about the books with you all in the Reading Club. Music for Best Comics Ever is by Anthony Weiss. You can see more of his music by going to anthonyweis.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and as always, enjoy the comics.